welcome to the Grace Over Guilt podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Corsi. I'm a registered dietitian and intuitive eating coach. This podcast will help you view food and your body in a whole new way. You'll learn how to reject the diet mentality and find sustainable, balanced approaches to your health. You'll find more compassion, love, and most importantly, grace with yourself when it comes to food, your body, and your life. Here's to more grace and no guilt. Are you someone who doesn't know what your hunger cues are and how to honor them? Do you feel like you overeat so often and it's hard for you to gauge your fullness? Well, I'm excited to tell you about my Honor Your Hunger and Fullness mini course. This mini course will give you the tools you need to understand your body's hunger cues, how you can better listen to your fullness, and learn about my signature method I use for all my clients to help them feel nourished when they eat. If you're someone who struggles with these things, this mini course is perfect for you. It's under $50 and going to help you connect with your body. So go ahead, click the link in the show notes to get more information about the course. All right. So I am here with one of my amazing clients, Heidi. She is going to share about her experience with working with me. So yeah. How are you doing today, Heidi? Good, good. Things have been busy as usual, but you know, mom life. (laughs) No, it's good. Let's just go into what was one of your favorite parts about working with me. I liked the fact that every, like that there was structure, but it was also very informal. Like I think coming from a chronic dieting world, you're always in seek. At least I was, I was always in seek of the next thing to like, tell me what to do and that box to fit in. And so the fact that I wasn't going to fit into a box with you, um, although challenging was probably my favorite part because it really forced me to open up that line of communication with myself. And I think that was the best thing was knowing that even if I came to you with a question, it was going to be a self-seeking conversation, not something where you were giving me the answer to my question. So if somebody is looking for like answers to certain questions, like what plan do I follow? Like, obviously this is not that this is about how do we, how do I create my own plan? And I think that that's what's made it sustainable. And that's why I love it, which is obviously the whole goal, right? This is like the rest of my life. So. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I love that. That's so good. So yeah, I guess first to like tell people where you were, where were you before we started working together? Yeah. Just get a glimpse of what was going on before. Yeah. So I was a cereal dieter and not like cereal is in, I only ate cereal, but like (laughs) all I did was jump from diet to diet. And I was in the world of, I'm reading the anti-diet book right now. So I was in the world of wellness, not dieting where I was just doing everything for wellness. And it got to a point where I was fearful of eating certain things or giving my kids certain things for the case of I was going to cause harm. Mm -hmm. So if I let my kids eat McDonald's, I'm going to give them cancer. I'm going to be the reason they have cancer if they're suddenly diagnosed with at the age of 70 or something. Like it would be my fault. So that's where diet culture had set me. And I thought I was doing things for the sake of health. And I basically got to a point where I was just over it. I was like, I don't want to be 60 years old and upset because I have a stomach or because, you know, I'm not Miss Universe 1923. Like, I don't want that. That's not like my goal. Like if that's the goal for somebody in life, that's great, but that's not where I am. And I really realized that I went on a trip about a year ago and I kind of started that journey where I was like, 
this is just, I've been lied to since I was a child. Like I felt like I had just been lied to um, by the world and by everybody. And so, so yeah, so I just was over it. And I just knew that I was at a place where I needed, I'm a, as you can tell, cause I'm talking so much, like I talk things out, like that's how I process. And I have a spouse who is very much do what makes you happy. So I knew I needed to seek this thought you out because I just like the way that you did things. And I followed Jenna on social media and I just found that she was just like somebody I'd want to hang out with. And that's really what I wanted. Like I wanted a friend to just talk to about where I was at in my life. That was just going to kind of ask those hard questions that, you know, friends don't ask. (laughs) And that's, and that's what led me to doing this. And it was probably the best thing. I don't know. It was life-changing. It just was. So is, I guess. still. So that's so great. I know we have yet to get coffee. We got to make that. I know, right? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> it's COVID season. So that's, I know. All of it. <laughs> but yeah, that's awesome. So you were in the mindset of I'm doing this for my health, but I'm restricting all these certain foods. And mm-hmm. that just didn't allow you to live in the moment or be present or just, it just held you back in so many ways. Right. Yeah. And some of the fear foods. So fear foods, forbidden foods, whatever you want to call it that you told yourself you couldn't have. We started to introduce and make right. peace with those foods. And tell me how has that felt making peace with all these foods that were bad or forbidden? <laughs> couple of things. One of the ones that, and I'll share this story because I don't mind sharing it. One of the ones that was huge for me was I hadn't eaten red meat since I was I think it was sixth grade is what I remembered. And I had always thought it was like this big power trip that I had gone on um, with my dad, like just, you know, young teenagers, tween ages, like you're deciding who you are and what you want to be. And like, that's how I had always remembered it coming about. I didn't know why, like, and it was like the last thing that was like a hard rule for me and going from the most recent things that I had done were like things like paleo and whole 30, those, those diets that you just restrict so much. So you're not counting calories or macros or anything like that. So it's not a diet, but you're restricting so much that it's like this crazy cycle. So it was the last thing that I had hadn't thought I could never introduce again because I thought it would mess up my body and do all these things. And, and so Jenna, recomm- you recommended that I sit with it and like try to really, really think back to the moment that I decided I wasn't going to eat red meat. And it took me back further than I thought it would. And it took me back to a slumber party Mm -hmm. in sixth grade. And the girl that was having the slumber party was this beautiful, slender gymnastics type body type. That's the best way I can describe it. Super sweet girl. She told us that she didn't eat red meat. And we learned this because somebody had brought Starburst which have gelatin in them to the party. So that's, you know, it wasn't a big deal to her. It just was something that was part of her lifestyle. It was her family lifestyle. And I remember thinking in my head, well, maybe if I don't eat meat, I can look like her. But I knew that there was no way at, you know, in sixth grade that I was going to be able to suddenly become a vegetarian. Like that wasn't going to roll in my family. So I was like, I just won't eat red meat. I can make that work. I thought it would be easy to just, once I realized that I was like, oh, well, that's crazy. I'm on this new thing. I'm just going to eat red meat. And then I went to eat it and I was like, I can't, I can't do this. Like it was straight up. Like I was at the edge of a cliff and going to fall off. It was the weirdest feeling ever. And so I decided to go at it. Jenna was like, I remember you were like, well, let's try to like, not like eat a steak. Like let's baby step this. 
ways we can do this. It isn't like suddenly we're just going to eat all the red meat around. What I did is I just went to a place here in town, like Italian style sandwiches that have salami and pepperoni and all that on it. And before I would have like asked for every ingredient in each meat to make sure that there wasn't beef in it. And I just ordered it and I enjoyed it. And my husband was like, are you sick? Like, is everything okay? Like he was like, cause he was worried. I mean, I hadn't, I was, I'm 38 years old. It had been 25 years plus. Wow. Um, 28 years since I'd had red meat. And so and I was like, no, I think I'm good. So that's how it evolved is I just stopped stressing about ingredients and stuff. And so that, but that totally trickled to like pretty much everything. Like I stopped reading boxes and I stopped reading the ingredients in the section at Whole Foods when I was going to get the salads and things like that. Like I stopped asking for those things and um, stressing over them for any reason. And that was a huge shift for me because I was a not going to buy it unless I understand the ingredients and I can read everything and I know what it all is and yada, yada, yada. So it just opened up this world for me. So now it's like, I can eat, I can order a piece. Like I was like, how in the world did I go 28 years without pepperoni pizza? Like what is wrong? Like seriously, like I go to Costco and I get pizza and I am like, how, how did I not have pepperoni on this pizza? Like for 20 some years, like I'm, I missed out. Like I missed out on life. Like, and, but it also led me to like, make recipes that my grandmother made without altering them and making them healthy or clean or whatever, like, and just enjoying them, which brought up all kinds of other emotions and different things, of course, because my grandmother has passed. But, but yeah, I mean, it just was this huge eye opener. And there are other things like if anybody's familiar with paleo, I mean, and those types of things. So, so dairy, refined sugars, grains in general, but I don't fear it anymore. I still am, you know, I still, it's still day to day as far as being aware of it, you know, going, I had that for breakfast. Should I have it for lunch? You know, silly things like that. But I stopped those thoughts pretty quickly. Like I'm pretty good about that, but yeah, and when but you, yeah. good to catch them. Cause like that yeah. thing, like catch yes, them. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So just introducing those foods, but sometimes you have the thoughts of like, you have those diet thoughts that come back, but you, you're easily catching them, which I think is great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like anything, you know, you're going, if you're shifting something, you're going to have those moments and you're going to go through that, but it's a matter of how you deal with those moments when they occur. Right. Exactly. No, that's so true. Yeah. So good. So how has this impacted the relationships around you? Like your kids, your husband, just everybody around you. I will say biggest ones have been, so this is weird to like talk about. So secret eating mm-hmm. is something that I used to do a lot, or I think I called it coined it opportunistic eating where I would be like, Oh, I'm by myself and I'm on my way here. I should stop at Starbucks or I should stop and get ice cream or I should do this. And as a mom, moms understand this. Like sometimes you want things and you don't want your kids to have it. And so it's like, okay, you got to eat it when they're not around. So that's, that's one thing. But there were times when I would make, find reasons to go to the grocery store and then so that I could have something because I didn't want even my husband to know that I have, now my husband could care less, but there was this guilt of having ice cream or having a brownie or having whatever. And so it was really a big deal because I knew that he didn't care, but I didn't believe that he didn't care. 
I don't know how else to explain it. Like, like I didn't. The thought that. that you just had yeah. that. Like there's always that thought that like, he's going to care. Like it's going to matter. It has to matter. Like it has to, like it, it should matter. Like there was this, it should matter. Right. He should care that I'm like stuffing my face with brownies, even though I don't need them. Wait a minute. Need, wait, what, what's happening? Like if I yeah. want a brownie, why does it matter if I need it or not? Whatever. I started being purposeful about things. Like if I wanted something, I would get it, but I wouldn't necessarily eat it in the car on the way home. Mm-hmm. And I would make sure I ate it when I got home because I needed to put myself in that situation so that I could feel it. Yeah. Um, And I did. And it was, and the fact that there was no commentary Mm -hmm. by my spouse, like he doesn't, he doesn't care. Like he wasn't like, oh, they're eating brownies. Like he was like, where's mine? Like it was more than anything, right? And so it was that kind of stuff. And my daughter too, like we used to restrict a lot of foods with our kids. We used to say things like, I hate to admit it, but I used to say things like, I love you more than letting you have that um, because I didn't want them to eat certain things, again, that I thought were going to cause cancer or cause some horrible thing. And there was a moment, I have an eight-year-old daughter and, you know, but we would still have special times where they would have ice cream or they would have different things. You know, it's a special thing. We try really hard not to use those rewards ever, but still anyways. So I let her have a Frappuccino at Starbucks. We live probably maybe two minutes from a Starbucks and we would, whenever we would get one, it would be gone before we got home, like gone. And through all of this, I started just saying yes a little bit more often. Not always. Like, it's not like all of a sudden my kids get everything they want when they want it. I would say yes. Like if that was her choice, when I told her she could choose something, I didn't say, no, you have to choose this. And the last probably five or six times, I've let her have one over the last six months. It ends up in the refrigerator half empty. Wow. And she doesn't drink the whole thing. And wow. she still orders it though, because she likes it. She just doesn't necessarily feel like she needs to drink it. So it's so the seeing that I can give and take things is huge. And for my kids to see that they don't have to finish something, it's not this rule that's around food. Or that candy from Halloween can literally be on a shelf in our closet that they can reach and it not be something that they feel like they need to eat all of it right now. Like I've never, since I've had children, put bowls of candy out in our home because I was like, I don't want to be managing this all day long. And I told my husband, I was like, I'm going to put a container of candy corn out and we're going to have Hershey Kisses, a bowl of Hershey Kisses, which Hershey Kisses isn't such a great idea in Hawaii. But that's, but you know, but you know what? It lasted a week. A week and a half, I'll tell you, six months ago, a year ago, it would have been gone in two days had I let any, had I mm. been where I was yeah. and had I let my kids have free reign. So it's just, just by example, like in the changes that I've made in those things, there's just not that obsession with it anymore. Like I never believed that. Like I was like, no, it is an addiction because I've done that where I've gotten it out and I didn't crave it. So that was the affirmation. Like I didn't crave it anymore because I had, didn't have it. And I was like, well, I don't need it. But then of course the minute that I have it, I want all of it. And I'm like, well, right. No, that's not an addiction. That doesn't mean that it's an addiction. Just because there was one study done with some rats does not mean like, let's not be stupid. And that's something else that I've learned. Like, just because I read one study on something does not mean it is the end all be all for all things. It's good information. It's things that we should be aware of, but it doesn't mean it should be this platform for the way I live my life and raise my kids. That's so good. No, that's so good. That's so true though, because 
we look at science and science tells us things. You get these studies and information and yeah. science is ever evolving because 10 years ago, Atkins was the thing and now we're like oh. a while ago, but like all these different diets are the best thing for you or cutting out egg yolk is the best thing for you. And now it's introducing egg yolk is, good, you know, so right. it's ever evolving. And so if you were to latch on to those things and hold on tight, then, and it just, you know, will eventually fall right. away. And then you're falling with it and you think something's wrong with you. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's such a good point. And I love, I just want to go back when you said, well, you were talking about cooking and your grandma and the recipes and all of that. Yeah. That got me thinking and just like how impactful diet culture is, but how amazing now that you can make those recipes. So I don't know, maybe touch upon that a little bit more and how cooking has changed with working. Yeah. I've altered a lot of things that my grandma um, made, which some for the better, some for the worse. Like I'm talking, coconut flour does not thicken anything very well. And not <laughs> and when it's a German recipe, it should not taste like coconut. Let's just be honest. Okay. So, so there's that when I growing up, like that's what we did. Like my memories of childhood with my grandmother was standing at a cutting board that was bigger than I can even show you on the screen and standing on a stool and cutting cookies and making cakes. And sometimes they were from a box and sometimes they were from scratch and making cookies. And I mean, the gift that my grandmother gave me when I got married was handwritten recipes in a recipe box that wow. I will cherish. I just got chills. I will cherish forever. Wow. But after I had my daughter, I went through this whole thing where I stopped making some of her things that I couldn't substitute. Like she makes, there's a cucumber salad that she makes that has a, a dash of sugar in it. Cause it, you know, it balances vinegar. It's called science. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I couldn't substitute that for honey because it didn't work with the consistency. And so I just stopped making it. It is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Literally, I'm not kidding. You take this much sugar, yeah. like a yeah. pinch, like oh, you making it because of that. Like little things like that. And it looking back on the the moment that I wasted at my grandmother's house, not eating her food for fear of being a larger version of myself. It's really hard because I don't have those moments anymore and I can't get them back. Yeah. I really feel like part of this was me deciding that I don't want my daughter to lose that because she loves cooking. Mm. I don't want her to feel like she can't cook with certain things or cook a recipe that I cooked with her, that my grandmother cooked with her because it has a specific ingredient in it. Yeah. I mean, girl, I made something with shortening and I don't even remember what it was, but it was one of my grandma's recipes and it called for shortening. Funny story. I'm a saw in the pantry and it has pie crust on the top of the thing and it says all vegetable. And she goes, and all vegetable pie crust. That sounds disgusting. <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, child, I will introduce you to the world of Crisco yeah. because it is a, not a horrible world. <laughs> but you were sharing what you were sharing with your with your grandmother over, you know, when you were visiting and stuff like that is if you, if people don't do this for any other reason, other than to hold on to culture and who they are, that should be enough. Like, like this shift came for me when I went to Japan and saw these cultural things. It was huge. It was huge. Like just to sit and choose something based on joy and, and, you know, and that's okay. And I do still choose those things. I don't choose them all the time though. Don't worry. It's not like you're some days want that every single time, but 
Right. You know, it's not that way. And so I didn't eat a lot of my grandmother's cooking. I was always fine when I went there because she never had things that were compliant. You know, all of those things that happen when you go on those really, really restrictive diets, especially when they're restricting full, entire, complete food groups. Right. You can't, like, you can't just go to somebody's house and eat something. And so you don't eat or you eat a bar in the car on the way or, you know, and that's, that's your life. Mm -hmm. And you tell yourself it's for the sake of health and that it's fine when in reality it's not. Yeah. 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 Like it's away from life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was also one of those people that laughed at the term orthorexia when it came out. I mean, Mm -hmm. I didn't get it. I mean, I just thought that I'm like, oh, now we're saying that we're too healthy. Like, right. Right. No, that is so, yeah. And that's how entrenched you were in that. You were like, just like so consumed by it that you didn't think anything was wrong with it. No. Um, Right. Yeah. No, thanks for sharing that. That's so it's so good to to reflect on. There's plenty of reasons why someone may want to heal their relationship with food, but the culture aspect, the just getting back to the roots and like the your family and friends and all of it, that's that's enough, you know. That's it should be absolutely right. Like it should absolutely be enough. Yeah. Back to showing him how to cook and clean and do all the and they love to cook and they love to make recipes and make things up and of course there's tons of meals that we love and enjoy that are going to be compliant recipes and things that I've cooked all the time or like I have a lot of you know paleo style cookbooks in my but we love the food like it's not but I've also now modified them. Like if it was something that was a cauliflower mash, I'm like, oh no, we're putting this on mashed potatoes. There you go. Yes. They're, they're going to be delicious. Exactly. You know, and that's okay because I've taken what they've modified or I combine it or whatever, because that's what it should be. That's what food should be. It should be creation. Okay. It should be fun. It should be enjoyed. Yes. Amen to that. I love it. Let's talk about how your relationship with your body has changed. And where you were, where you are now. <laughs> I was a before and after girl, which I think every, most people are my life probably year two. No, I guess it's almost three years ago. Now I had, I was like, I thought I was at like the peak because I had a really awesome, amazing before and after. And I was only 35 years old. I was already 35. And I was like, yes, 35. I'm going to show this bikini picture next to this really gross picture that I really don't want anybody to see. Um, which by the way, was like six months postpartum. Oh, Ladies, it took you nine months to gain the weight. Should take you more than that to lose it. And by the way, you lost the baby weight the day that the kid was born. So it's not over with. Anyways, so so that's where I was. I wanted that perfect body. I wanted that lean body. And I mean, I think that's what most people strive for. They think that, you know, but the other thing about body image that I think was big for me that I think is more than just what I wanted it to look like was that a heavy body meant that I was lazy. Being overweight meant that I wasn't trying, meant that I didn't care, meant that I must have given up on myself. That's what I would see when I would look in the mirror. Sure. And it was hard. Like if I try hard enough, I can get back into those pants, you know, those types of things. So as things started changing and shifting, I did gain weight. That's just what happens um, when you're underweight. You mm-hmm. usually gain weight when you start eating. And of course, 
when you start allow, uh, allowing all kinds of foods that you didn't before, it's like when I was, so when I breastfed my daughter, I couldn't drink milk. She was allergic to it. And so after I stopped, I drank probably at least a milkshake a day. Mm. And so those are the kinds of things that happen when you've had to restrict, right? I did. I mean, I ate more things. I bought pop tarts for the first time in, you know, forever. I mean, little things that I just, again, I thought were poison and I just started eating those things. And then over time I realized, okay, so what do I really want though? What do I want out of my day? What do I want that to look like? I really had to stop looking at my body. I had to, so I bought bigger clothes. I bought some staple things, some plain shirts, t-shirt type stuff that I felt comfortable in, not like, not talking baggy, like crazy, but like, I just bought stuff that I knew I was going to feel comfortable in and look cute. You know, same thing with shorts. I bought some shorts and some pants. And I was like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be in this space and just see where it goes. And it was hard. I mean, it was hard to adjust to that. And thankfully I stopped looking at a lot of social media, a lot of things. And I started following more of the intuitive eating world, which helps when, you know, your little social media what you want because you know then you really see things like you order a pair of pants in a large at one store and you order it in a small another store and they're the exact same size like you start realizing that those things happen and it's not just you so the whole clothing thing stops doesn't worry as much now I don't check my now I still body check I think it's something that I will always do to some degree always been somebody who has mirrors in her house <laughs> I don't know body, I just body conscious body aware yeah but I used to no joke lift up my shirt and look at my stomach every single morning every morning and I don't do that anymore which is huge or I try when I take a picture to not focus on certain body parts and be like oh my gosh my arms look huge in this picture or, you know I try not to there are like things about a whole human being. And then I started just realizing what my body was capable of and what it was doing. And that this body that I'm in is not a bad body. Like there's nothing, there's nothing good or bad about a body. Like it is what it is. And I just need to honor what it is that I have and that I'm healthy and that I've been like true health. Like, yeah. Like you know, in a hospital bed, I'm not on a bunch of meds, like not, and everybody has to do what they have to do. But like, I started being grateful for what it was that I have and where I am at in life. And honestly, I stopped, I really stopped trying to make body image, even part of my day. Mm -hmm. And it used to consume my day. Like I'd sit in the car and I'd notice my thighs, which everybody's thighs spread when they sit in the car. Like the things that like your stomach rolls when you sit down, like, I don't care how thin or thick you are, those things happen. Like it doesn't matter. So I just stopped. I really have stopped doing those things because now when I look in the mirror, I think like, what am I going to do today? Not how am I going to look today? Um, I still put on a pair of shorts and you know, they might be too tight or whatever, but I don't lose it. I don't throw it on the floor. It doesn't ruin my day. Right. Like, suck it up buttercup and put on a different pair of shorts. Like those aren't the day. Like it could just be the day. Like it does. And I think one thing that I told you too was, and it was funny. I feel like this is a really positive thing. Some people might not, but like I went and put on something that I wore like a year and a half ago. Like I just pulled out, like not even thinking, just pull out the closet, put it on. And it did not fit clearly. Yeah. But I was like in my head, looking at myself in the mirror, 
I did not see a different body than I thought I had a year and a half ago. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. And I think that that that's either suit. I think that's positive from now. And I think that's yeah. also another reason why this is so important because that means that I didn't see a smaller body then either. And I also showed you a picture of when I was super, like, I think most people would look at it and think and, and give the, I know we don't want to say it, but like eat a cheeseburger girl, like that's like the kind of thinness that I was. And here I was sending pictures to my husband while I was trying on bathing suits. Cause I was worried that my thighs looked too big and I was wearing skirts over my swimsuits. And I'm like, talk about body dysmorphia. Like, yeah, just where you saw yourself. And I love how you were able to, you don't think about what your body is looking like, should look like anything right now. It's like more like, what is my body doing for me? How is it taking me through life? It's, it's allow me to bring two kids into the world. Like all of that, like appreciating it and, and appreciating it for that. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, and I think it's so, I think we take all of that for granted Mm -hmm. as women. I think we are so, especially now I know this isn't just about women, but I know that women are impacted more typically or at least have been in history. I feel like we have so much else that we are managing and trying to be in control of and do that we take for granted the literal physical capability of our bodies. Like what our body was able is able to do and provide. So I just think that that's a huge piece to all of it, the capability of, and that if we really want to do something, we should. Yeah. Amen to that. So how has your relationship with exercise changed or where was it and where is it now? (laughs) This one was probably the hardest for me. I thought for a really long period of time that I exercise because I wanted to be strong, which is true. Let me give myself some credit, some grace there. Like I, I did believe that, like that was part of it. But at the end of the day, if I wasn't getting results, like life was not good. Like I wasn't going to do it anymore. That's why I hired trainers and spent money because I didn't want to just go to a gym for no reason. I started down this path. I actually started running last year before COVID hit and training for a half marathon. I never thought I wanted to run again, but something inside of me was like, I need to run. So I was like, this is a good thing. Like I'm not doing this technically for weight loss or anything like that. So I started running um, and it was very mind freeing. But the minute the race was over, that goal was gone because of all the world stuff. I stopped running. So I knew it wasn't really about me, right? It was about achieving something, which is not a bad thing. But at the same time, I think there's so much that happens with when you set a goal that it's important to not really set a, a particular goal. Like I feel like there has to be this progression of life. Right. Otherwise there isn't room for change and there isn't room for grace. Like there isn't room for that with yourself because if you hit it, you're great. And if you don't, you're bad, whether it's food or exercise or whatever. So with that, I just stopped and I hadn't worked out at all since March. And I remember when you and I started to, got together and started working together. And I just was like, you know, I'm not even, I'm not even going to go there because I was figured it was going to be very triggering. And then after I graduated and like did all that, I still waited a little bit. And then I started working out. I really do enjoy, believe it or not. I really do enjoy like hit type workouts, like high intensity. I don't want to work out for more than 30 minutes, but it does make me feel strong. And I like to be able to do a push up. I like to be able to do those things. There are certain workouts and things I just will not do. So that's good. 
Good thing I don't have a trainer who makes yep. me do something crazy. Right. So, right. But I, that's the type of working out I enjoy. So I started doing that again and I, you know, I hadn't worked out in over a year and I've gained a little bit of weight and I'm doing it in the mornings. So I don't have a lot of energy yeah. and I'm still trying to figure out what I want to eat before workouts. Cause I was on this, like, you must eat a pre drink or pre-workout. So I'm like trying not to follow all these rules. And like, so I, I wasn't giving myself any, I wasn't giving myself any grace. Like I wasn't, I was just like, what is wrong with you? Your workouts suck. Like, and yeah. then I was like, gotta be because I'm not feeling my workouts properly. Like I used to be like, you've got to fuel or you're not going to perform and da, da, da. And I right. get that. Like, again, if you are a Olympic athlete and you are, or you're whatever, like, yes, of course, there are things that you have to do to ensure that your body, because you're functioning at a obscene level. Right. Mama taking care of two kids does not need to count how many carbs she is eating in a day or need mom doing a 30 minute workout in the morning. I don't need that. Like, yeah. no, like I just need some food and I need to move on. So I actually reached out to Jenna and I was like, I'm just having a problem. Like I need to start taking these things out of my diet because the, I, my workouts just suck and it's gotta be the dairy and the grains and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> why don't we think about this? And like, maybe, maybe that's it. Like it could be, but you know, let's start thinking about this. And then all of a sudden I had this huge epiphany and I messaged you yesterday or day before. And I was like, so I'm realizing that as this workout, it's hard instead of like giving myself a little bit of grace and like recognition that, Hey, you haven't worked out in a while and this is hard and you're not 20 anymore. I'm assuming that it's my fault and the way that I'm eating. No, it's not my fault. <laughs> it's my body. This yep. is where I live. This is who I am. I'm going to keep it right in this space and I'm okay with that. And if that means I do two rounds in 30 minutes mm-hmm. instead of three, that's okay. And then you know what? I don't have to make a goal yeah. to hit 30 rounds in six months yeah. or three rounds or whatever. Like that doesn't have to happen because guess what? My form is going to suck if I try to do that. I'm going to hurt myself because again, I'm not 20. Right. So it's so important for me. It was to just go, I'm moving my body. I feel better recognizing sitting back and taking a look at, I feel better when I wake up at 5am and I go do this. Mm -hmm. It might sound crazy to some, if that sounds crazy, don't do it. For me, it makes more sense. The days that I don't do it, I feel crappy all day. Mm -hmm. The days that I do do it, I feel better. Yeah. And I'm not, don't feel, don't make myself puke. Like it's none of that. Like I just do what feels good. And if I need to take a break, I take a break. And I was never that way. Mm-hmm. Like ever. Like I was, and I'm a competitive person. I think that's part of it, yeah. but it was always, I got to get better. Like I would always move up weight like every week, like every Monday, what weight did I do last week? Like I, like I was that person yeah. and doing all of this taught me that not doing that did not mean I was giving up. Right. It simply meant that I was enjoying where I'm at and that that's a good thing that I'm recognizing who I am as a person and I need to trust that. And that is the life that I want to live. Like there is absolutely nothing wrong with when you're asked, where do you see yourself in five years for you to go exactly where I'm at? Yeah. You know, I know that there's goal. You, there are things that you want to do in life and that's fine, but there's also nothing wrong with going, you know what, for the next five years, 
I want to keep working on this. Yeah. I'm good. And I feel like life is amazing. I don't want to change it. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with not wanting the next best thing. Like, and I think that that's part of diet culture. Like Mm -hmm. you always want the next best diet. And I catch myself doing that. Somebody posts something like, Ooh, maybe I should try this thing. And sometimes it's diet culture and sometimes it's not like, it's all that stupid stuff. But I'm like, no, I don't need to try every new thing that shows up that might make me prettier or get rid of my lines. So with that, it sounds like too, you, you're giving yourself grace in those circumstances with with all these different things. So yeah. Talk about that word or how that has impacted you giving yourself that. Well, that's been like my anthem. Trust and grace, I think go hand in hand. So I led a life full of guilt, like whether it was emotional, whether it was the decisions I made, I made a lot of decisions based on how I looked because I was worried about how others looked at me. There was a lot of guilt with that. There was a lot of, I have to do this. Like I have to be stronger. I need to be this way. So my parents can talk well about me or that my husband's not ashamed of me at work. Again, none of these people did anything. (laughs) So if my mom's watching this or my husband's watching this, like nobody did anything. I made myself feel this way. Right. And it took until, you know, I'm 30 some odd years old to realize like I did that. So I have to start giving myself grace and going through this program really got to the core of where that guilt was coming from. And it was coming with the desire to look and feel like somebody else all the time. Wow! And that is so deep in diet culture. I think that it then seeps into everything else because if it's not about what we look like, then you know, where else is it? What, I mean, of course it's going to come from there. Like if that's who you are, that's your identity. This is me. Mm -hmm. And so if I don't give myself grace in that Mm -hmm. or how I move or the things that I use to literally keep myself alive, Mm -hmm. like how am I going to give myself grace in the rest of the world? Like I'm not, that was really huge for me. And I read that, you know, that's one of the big things I, you know, took out of right of a book I was reading today. It was, you know, when you stop eating or you restrict things and then your body eats a lot, diet culture calls it binging, right? Your body's calling it survival. Like, like, and you have to give yourself grace. You have to realize like, that's what this is about. That's what, that's what intuitive eating is about. Mm -hmm. It's about trust and it's about grace from what you've been told or what you believed for so long. And that's hard because it's kind of builds your identity. So you kind of have to say goodbye to something that has created who you are. And that's where the biggest amount of grace has to come from is that it's not about you. It's about life and living and being present and all of those things. So, yeah, that was so good. That is so true though, about grace and how diet culture just like takes that away from us. It doesn't allow us to, cause it's all about the black and white thinking. There's no middle, middle ground. And that's where grace comes in. Cause we need to find that middle ground. Yeah. Well, and diet culture perpetuates that because mm-hmm. it's like, well, if you've fallen off the wagon, you can start back over. It's like, no, 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 no. There's no start and stop in life. Like right. you don't get a redo in life. Like you yeah. get one life. So you got to give yourself grace to know you don't have to be. And I am a hundred percent that person that was, has always been, I'm all or nothing. I'm all or yeah. nothing. I'm all or nothing. Mm-hmm. No, my body is like, you've starved me. So now you have to eat all the things. Yeah. So it's like, 
don't do that and you won't be all or nothing. Yes. Like, you yeah. And there will be times when you eat more than you, than other times. Like, right. and I've just learned to bring that. I mean, as, as a woman, there's a week during the month and I want all the chocolate and you know what? I eat a lot more chocolate that week than I do in the other ones. And there's nothing there. I'm not a better person because I avoided the chocolate. Mm -hmm. It's just like the mama that says, guess what? You aren't winning any words if you don't get an epidural. Now, if you don't want an epidural, that's fine. But nobody's going to hand you an award for going through that. Like there's no, there's no award because you said no to the chocolate. Yeah. That's so true. I love that. That's such a good word. Yes. (laughs) I love when we can relate this back to, I mean, relate like food and body back to life, back to like that example that you just gave, but that's what it is. It's so much about life. Like it, it impacts all aspects of life. And you've obviously seen changes in your life through healing your relationship with food, which has just been really cool to watch and to see how the, how it just, yeah, it's seeped out for the better. It's, you know, you healing your relationship with food was, was for the better for everybody around you. And, and most importantly, yourself giving yourself grace and understanding in those circumstances. Something that I think was hesitant for me, and I think it is for a lot of people, is an investment that you're making in yourself. And I will tell you, if you've ever been one of those people that says, well, if I spend money on this diet, I know I'll stick to it. Mm. Invest in this because there have been many times, and I know even with intuitive eating, you're going to go, one of the biggest things that I think is going to happen is you're going to think a diet's going to fix a fear moment or something like I thought if I, if I pulled certain things out, my workouts would get better. Like you're going to have those moments because it's your safe place. You've been doing it for years and years and years. And one other than obviously all the tools and things, but one of the things that I thought of, I was like, I invested this money and this time into this plan. I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to continue to do it. And maybe that's silly. Maybe that's weird. But I think that if there, if you need another reason to invest, invest because it will be a good reminder to keep going and to keep doing this because I know it is for me. I would do it all over again. This has changed my life. Like this has absolutely changed the way I will be as a mother, the way I will be as a wife, the way I am as a daughter, as a sister, like just everything. It's absolutely changed it all because I'm going to be a different seven-year-old woman than I would have been a year ago. Mm. My life will be fuller when I am 70 because I'm going to guarantee you I'm going to be eating the chocolate and the ice cream. And that matters. That matters. When my grandkids come over and want chocolate and ice cream, we're going to eat it together. Yes. (laughs) We're going to eat it together. I'm not going to go, no, grandma needs to lose five pounds. Right. Not happening. Not happening. We're eating it together. But the path I was on, there's no way. Even at 70, I would have been that woman. I would have still been in that cycle. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good, thank you for that insight. Thank you for that love. Yeah. I appreciate that so much. I I mean, clearly it wasn't easy, but it was because like I said, it was literally like, when's my call with Jenna? Cause I get to talk to my friends. Like that's what it felt like. So, oh, that's so great. I'm so stoked. Yeah. Yeah. It's been awesome working with you and just seeing, like I said, the progress and just how it just has impacted all the things around you, not just you, but everything around you. And do you have any last words for anybody, whether that's, yeah, with dieting, with intuitive eating, with investing into themselves, any last words for them? If you're even kind of questioning it, like, 
just stop. Like this is, this is not something you're going to want to put back in a box and send back and be told you can't like, there's no way that's going to happen with this. How could you lose on anything? Like there, you just can't, like, there's no way to lose on this. Like you will win every step of the way because you are going to get back so much that you've lost. Like, I don't care if it, how hard it is for you to think that you need to be thin and that being heavy is like the worst thing in the world. You're losing out on life. You absolutely are. I, life is not about food. Life is not about any one thing, but there is so much wrapped up in this that you're losing out on. And I didn't believe that. And now I see it so clearly, so clearly, just those micro moments of time that you waste thinking about that stuff. Trust me, when it's gone, you'll realize how much freedom. There's so much freedom in it. It's just insane to open my fridge and be like, oh yeah, I bought chocolate covered marshmallows a week ago. I forgot about that. I'm going to have one of those right now. <laughs> like, no, that would have been gone. Right. Go. Like, yeah. Yes, you can do that. that. That will come. You can forget you bought delicious things. You don't have to keep things out of your house. If that is not enough for you to want to do this, to be a part of this Thankfully, these, the people that have like read real science and understand that this is like all of the other stuff is bogus. If that is not enough that you can actually like buy the things you want to buy so that they're in your cupboard when you want them, then I don't, I don't, we can't be friends. I don't even yeah. know. <laughs> that was like the biggest thing for me. Like I have legit multiple packages of Pop-Tarts in my, cu- my cupboard for three weeks and I have not even wanted one. And that I was like, love it. that was my yeah. That was, I remember you introducing them and then, yeah. So now that they're just chilling. Yeah. You don't have to choose. Yeah. And a pop tart. And I was like, what? Again, it's not black and white. It's funny because when you start sharing that with people around you, they're going to like, they, you literally watch their minds explode. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Oh, well, awesome. This was so fun and just so great to hear your insight. So much insight, so much growth with your understanding yourself and understanding the things that you want in life. And you just want freedom. You want to enjoy your life outside of food. Food is part of your life, but it doesn't consume your life. So absolutely. Well, thank you. I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Anytime, no problem. All right. I will talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to check out the show notes to learn more about my Honor Your Hunger and Fullness mini course. I know you're going to love it. Feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at balance.nutrition if you do have any questions. I hope you have a great rest of your day.